friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and today on the podcast, I am going to talk through some hard-won lessons that I have learned after 20,000 sales on Etsy. I recently passed that 20,000 sale mark uh, in my Etsy shop, Funky Monkey Children, And that has really actually been quite a big milestone for me. I feel um, like I've been able to pause for a second and really appreciate how far I've come with the business and, and how long it has been working towards these goals. So today we are gonna go through some things that I have learned over the past nine, almost nine years and 20,000 sales. So the first one, is that business really ebbs and flows. And as a part of the ebb and flow of business, I also find that my motivation within the business also ebbs and flows. So in the earlier days of having my Etsy shop and doing the monogramming and everything, I struggled a little bit to feel when I wasn't totally lit up by the business or totally energized by working in my shop and in my business, it meant that I didn't want to do it anymore or that I didn't like doing it or that something was wrong, I guess. And honestly, there are days that I don't want to do it and I didn't want to do it. There are times where I dream about how much free time I would have if I wasn't working or what it would be like to have a job where I clock out at the end of the day and nobody needs anything from me and no responsibility falls on my shoulders. Although I think that those jobs are extremely few and far between. But I think that in the earlier days when I would hit those ebbs of maybe not feeling as motivated or not feeling as lit up by the business, I felt like I needed to make a change in the business or I felt like something was wrong with the way that I was doing it or maybe even that this wasn't for me. And I think that what I've realized over the past almost nine years, I started in September of 2012, um, is that motivation really comes and goes. I don't think that there's anybody, whether they're an entrepreneur or they have a job working for somebody else or they're a stay-at-home mom or whatever. I don't think that there is anybody who loves every single second of every single day in their job and they just feel like completely motivated and you know on fire to jump into the world every day. I don't think that that person exists. Certainly, I don't know any people like that. So what I've learned there is that that motivation it wanes and and it increases and it ebbs and it flows, but the dedication and the grit are what get you through those harder seasons or times when you don't feel particularly motivated. And as a side note with that, I also think that there is something to be said for taking rest and for taking a step back when you don't feel that motivation or you feel burnt out. There's sort of a difference between 
feeling burnt out because you're working all the time and feeling like you need a break or you need a vacation or you need some rest and feeling frustrated and discouraged because things are not going as well for you as you want. And sometimes those things happen together. But I think that over these years, I have realized, I have done a better job of realizing those times that I do need to step back and take a break and sign off for a weekend and not open my computer or, you know, just take a a few days to recharge and do things that really get me away from the office and get me into a creative space where I can feel, um, I guess, creative again. You know, for me, that looks like going for a run or going for a hike in the woods or even just going out with friends and having a really good meal at a restaurant or whatever that is for you that brings you back to life, that doesn't drain your energy and doesn't drain Um, kind of your creative inspiration, but instead recharges it. So I think that over these years of working, in the beginning, I was really bad about just pushing, 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 pushing all the time, move forward, build and grow and always be pushing for more. And um, I have really learned that that is a fast track to burnout. And I do need that recharging and that creative space to continue to be inspired in this business. But I also do think that there are times where you have to keep pushing forward and you have to keep working and keep moving and keep taking that next step. And that dedication comes in and that habit and that grit come in when the motivation wanes. And as a business owner, and I mean, frankly, really with anything in your life, but especially as a business owner, you're not gonna feel like doing it every single day. You're not going to just wake up every single morning and feel like this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that the business is not for you. It doesn't mean that you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. And it doesn't mean that it's time to quit. Now, if you wake up every single morning absolutely hating your job, perhaps that does mean something. But if you just have those off days where you don't feel particularly motivated, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. That's okay to feel and you just work through it and you find those things that recharge you and you keep moving forward. The next lesson I have learned after 20,000 sales on Etsy is to expect the unexpected. This was a, a lesson that was really driven home in 2020 with COVID, but what I have learned even putting aside COVID is that you can plot out growth charts and predict future income and do everything with data and numbers and planning, which I love to do and I'm a total data nerd, but sometimes things still just totally throw us for a loop. In 2020, we saw that even more than regularly (laughs) Um, and we saw it even more dramatically. But I think that what I've really learned is that I need to expect the unexpected in my planning as well as in the results that I'm expecting from my shop. 
As I've talked about before on the podcast, I order a lot of my supplies in my shop from a wholesaler in China that I've been working with for several years. And I am always really bad about planning for the Chinese New Year's, which happens towards the end of January. Even though it's the same time every year, I know it's coming and I 1000% should have learned my lesson by now for whatever reason, I procrastinate getting an order in every single year. In 2019, I was finally on top of my game. I got a big wholesale order in before the Chinese New Year's. It shipped out before Chinese New Year's and I had a great winter and spring season because for once I wasn't behind and I didn't run out of product. Unfortunately for myself, uh, in 2020, I did not learn my lesson and I was once again a huge procrastinator and I did not get a big wholesale order in in January before the Chinese New Year, before they went on uh, vacation. So I was, you know, scrambling a little bit. Oh gosh, now I have like two and a half weeks where I'm not going to be able to get any supplies in and I can't get an order out and you know, I'm gonna be behind and I'm gonna run out of product. But little did I know that the factories in China would shut down from the Chinese New Year's, which started, you know, like middle end of January through almost the end of February, early March. So that was totally unexpected for me. Uh, Really poor planning on my part and also just a completely unexpected twist of events that I never would have anticipated. Although I guess if I was paying attention to the news, I should have anticipated it, but I didn't. And um, so that made for a really, really rough spring of 2020 because I was completely backed up and everything in China was not shipping out and it was kind of just a train wreck. So that long story short is that There's really no way, I mean, I could have not procrastinated and gotten my order in in January and that would have made it better. However, it wouldn't have solved all of the issue there because obviously with all of the shipping delays coming over from overseas with COVID and everything, it was just a mess. Um, But in terms of the planning for myself, I really should have not procrastinated. That would have been a good first step. Um, And then just to be able to adapt and move and continue to push forward, even though that was a really difficult situation. I think moving into 2021, we kind of are facing a lot of the same, even though the delays and those kinds of things are not the same as they were last year. Um, I think that when 2021 rolled around in January, we kind of all expected that, okay, this is going to be a more normal year. This is going to be the year where things get back to the way they were before. And it once again has been a roller coaster. I talked about that in my mid-year report for 2021. It has been so up and down for me and so many other sellers on Etsy and honestly just kind of across the board with the economy. If you look at the stock market, it's kind of up and down as well. But I feel like what we're learning from this year and from all the years of being in sales and e-commerce is that while there can be trends that are predictable most of the time and we begin to feel comfortable thinking that whatever happened last year is going to happen again this year and these are, you know, these are ups and downs and our busy periods and our slow periods, we really can't ever count on anything, business and e-commerce and sales have wild ups and downs dependent on what other things are going on outside of just selling online 
like COVID, like economic changes, like elections, all of those things have a very strong impact on our sales and on the way that it's going for our shops. And adaptability is absolutely the name of the game. It always has been, it always will be. If you are selling online, if you are building a business in a space that is constantly changing, like online sales, adaptability is the number one thing that you have to get used to. Expect the unexpected. Number three kind of goes along with that same idea to always be growing and changing with your business. This is something that I've really taken to heart more recently. I think with kind of the changes that have happened with COVID and the way that that impacted my own shop, kind of looking at my products and saying, where can I grow and where can I change and where can I adapt to this new market? This is the first year in business that I feel like the products that I'm offering have gotten a little bit stagnant, or maybe it's more just that I'm bored <laughs> of making the same thing for many years. If you've ever looked at my shop, um, Funky Monkey Children, which you can find at funkymonkeychildren.com if you're interested in checking me out, um, I only really have two main products. I make monogrammed baby blankets and monogrammed stuffed bunnies um, with the name on the ear. So these are two products in my shop that's worked really well in terms of streamlining my business, but it does make for an extremely monotonous creative process. There's really nothing creative about it, if we're being honest. I am doing the same two products over and over and over. So I really think that this probably has more to do with my own boredom in making the products than it does with um, the products being stagnant because the things that I have in my shop are pretty classic and timeless. They're not really going to go out of date because they're just really traditional and classic. Um, however, I have noticed in my own market, um, and I think that this would apply to probably a lot of markets, particularly if you have been selling on Etsy for a span of time, that there are a lot of new updates and changes and trends over the years since I started my shop. I've talked about this before, but when I started um, with embroidery and applique, it was super popular. And um, things that were really, really popular at the time like Chevron was everywhere. If you had an Etsy shop right now with applique Chevron baby gifts, you would not be selling anything. That chain, that trend has changed dramatically. But another thing even beyond that um, is that I have seen the applique embroidery market maintain its popularity, but other things have come into that market which are equally, if not more popular, that have really changed the demand or sort of just become more mainstream. For instance, screen printing and direct garment printing are really popular now, which were really not around um, in terms of home machines that you could buy on a smaller scale nine years ago in 2012. That's a huge change in the market as that um, screen printing type ink printing um, has, it's called a oh, sublimation is what it's called, is what I'm talking about. But sublimation printers, I don't know if they existed, but they really weren't mainstream like they are now. 
Similarly, I have seen people move more towards a different aesthetic in nursery design, like watercolor prints and also then just like bolder prints, modern shapes and geometrics. Um, there's more like harsher materials like wood and metal signs instead of the softer fabric um, and muted colors. It's not good or bad. It's just a change and a trend. In terms of my market and staying on top of that, it's good for me to know what is going on around me and not just be creating my products in a vacuum, continuing to push forward with the same products and the same designs year over year over year over year, never changing anything. Another thing that I have seen over the past several years in Etsy, um, and I did talk about this again in, in my mid-year report as something that I was working on, is that it's a much more visual platform than it was when I started, mostly because we have so many other visual things that we are bombarded with all the time that our expectation for the photography and the presentation of the listings on Etsy is a lot higher than it was when I started. When I started, um, it was not really, there really wasn't that much pressure to have great photography. I didn't really stress about the photography and I have never been a stellar photographer. That's never been something that I particularly have enjoyed. Um, and, you know, it was fairly easy to snap a picture with my camera. Uh, I don't think that I had a, a phone camera at the time. I, I remember setting up like a tripod and a DSLR camera and taking pictures on a blanket in my bedroom on the floor and that was that and it wasn't really that big of a deal and you could still get sales with that kind of photography. At this point, I would say that photography is really something that's extremely important. Now that e-commerce and places like Etsy and platforms and Etsy itself have just grown so much and expanded so much over the years, and then there's other platforms like Instagram and TikTok and all these platforms that are highly visual. It becomes more and more important to have an aesthetic that matches that. If you snap a picture with your grainy cell phone on a blanket in your bedroom, it looks unprofessional now. And while people are understanding and are desiring having a small business owner and you know handmade products, they also want to have the professionalism of a shop that takes it seriously and has that skill set and it doesn't look horrible like the thing that they're buying is just going to be like a piece of junk that somebody made in their bedroom. I am 1000% not knocking having your workshop in your bedroom. <laughs> that is where I started and where I maintained for a very long time. It was not until this year in 2021 that I moved my workshop out of my house so I am not knocking that, but I think that it is extremely important to have a professional presentation in your shop and photography is the first step to doing that. Hey guys, I just want to pop on here really quick and remind you that I have a free SEO checklist. If you have not yet downloaded it, this eight step checklist will walk you through the things that are most important in constructing and optimizing your SEO for your Etsy shop. And it is a totally free resource. LaurenKeplinger.com forward slash checklist is where you find that. And I hope you'll download it. The next thing that I have learned after 20,000 sales on Etsy 
is that there will be negativity. I truly believe that if you have never had a negative interaction in your business, then you just haven't been in business long enough. We're going to have bad experiences. We're going to have customers who don't like the product or the packaging was destroyed in the mail or it was super delayed in transit and your customer is really mad about that and want you wants you to somehow fix it. Or even you may have a scammer that opens a case against you when you know that they've gotten exactly what they ordered from you. And I am not saying this to be negative or to be jaded about buyers on Etsy. I think that across the board, buyers on Etsy are great and they're, you know, 99.99% of people are not scammers and they're not trying to take your money and run. But it just happens. There is going to be a bad interaction eventually. There are dishonest people out there and sometimes regardless of how hard you try, transactions just go south. Sometimes you can turn it around and avoid it staying south, but sometimes you can't. You have to either cut your losses and refund or take a bad review or maybe both. But again, this is normal. Of course, we are trying to avoid having it happen frequently. And if it is happening frequently, then that's a red flag for you that maybe something needs to change in how you're doing your business or packaging your products or whatever. But it's really one of those things that you have to understand that you're not going to be able to make everybody happy. It is impossible to make everyone happy. When you realize that it's a numbers game, The more sales you have, the more unhappy people you will have. That's just the way it goes. And that realization allows you to remove your emotions from it a little bit. It's always going to be hard to have those negative interactions. Even now, after 20,000 sales, it is still hard for me when people are unhappy or when I get a bad review or whatever. It still bothers me. And I'm not saying that you're gonna get to the point where you don't care at all. In fact, I don't think that that would be a good thing if you didn't care at all. But think about it this way. If you have a 0.25%, so a quarter of 1% unhappy rate, and you only have 20 sales, then you may have never had a negative interaction. However, if I had that same quarter of a percent of people that were unhappy with 20,000 sales, that would have been 50 unhappy customers over the course of my business. Now, I don't think I've had 50 unhappy customers in my time on Etsy, but it just goes to show you how those numbers add up as you continue on your way in the growth of your shop. So take it in stride if you have a negative interaction. Take a moment before you respond to the negativity, particularly if someone is really, really mad in their message to you or like heavily blaming you in the message. Take a step back. Take a minute before you respond. Don't respond on a whim. And realize that this is not a personal interaction. This is just a business deal. If they are personally attacking you, it's more reflective of them than you. You sold them a product, and if they're attacking you as a person, they don't even know you. There's no reason for you to take that to heart. You just respond as professionally as you can, deal with the situation in a non-emotional way, and move on. Again, this is easier said than done, 
and it is going to bother you on an emotional level. But I definitely think when you have negative interactions, you have to weigh the emotional toll it's taking on you as you dig in your heels and fight it. For instance, if someone opens a case against you and you say, but I know that they got what they ordered or I know that, you know, I did my part in this. There is a point at which the negativity impacts you more than just refunding and moving on. Now I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth there and also say I 1000% do not believe that you should refund every single time someone has negative things to say about you. And I don't necessarily think that you should refund to avoid a bad review. There are people who you are never, ever, ever going to be able to make happy And you have to weigh whether or not it is worth the refund or worth the bad review and where you stand on that. But I do think that you have to protect your emotional state there and um, to really be able to deal with it or maybe even have someone else in your life deal with it. Explain the situation verbally to them. You know, if your sister or your mom or somebody say, this is what happened, this is what the person wrote, what should I say in response? And maybe somebody else can help you word it in a way that deals with the transaction, the business transaction that you've undertaken and not the emotional side of it. All right, number five thing that I have learned after 20,000 sales on Etsy is that running a full-time six-figure Etsy business does not have to be life-consuming or completely overwhelming. I've actually done episodes before, if you look back in the archives of this podcast, after 10,000 sales and 12,000 sales, and I honestly don't know that I had even figured this out at that point in the sales, which was just a few years ago. Simplifying my shop and the products in my shop to narrow things down and streamline my ability to batch products has truly been transformative to my business. And I say that even as I say that I am somewhat bored making the products that I have been making and that, you know, I'm I am exploring other ways to create new products that do light up that creative energy in me where the products that I have currently don't so much because I've been doing them for so long and it is so repetitive. But regardless, <laughs> streamlining that um, that ability to have those products move so quickly through and to not be so time consuming in the construction and the the creation of the products has transformed the way I've been able to run the business. And honestly, I never would have done it until I was put in a position where I could not handle it anymore. And that really revolved around creating this coaching business. When I started coaching and teaching about Etsy, I was still doing all the things in my shop, burp cloths, bibs, appliques, quilts, bunnies, blankets, baby gowns, hats, purses, backpacks, duffel bags, etc, etc, etc. It was super time consuming because I had so many options in my shop and so many of the options were extremely slow to make. And the profit margins varied wildly depending on what I was doing and what I was making. So simplifying my shop to just do the blankets and the bunnies made the process exponentially faster, which as you know, in running a business, time is money. So the faster that I can produce those items, the more inventory or the more revenue I'm able to make per hour that I'm working, 
I am so glad when I started my shop that I did a wide variety of things. And I don't think that it would have been possible for me to narrow it down without first experiencing all the steps that I went through to grow the business and expand the products and then eventually contract back to only having a few products, which were completely different than the products that I started with. But I am really glad that my husband <laughs> was the one that pushed me to let go of some of those things, particularly those super time consuming and not very profitable ones at first. And then I gradually narrowed it down to just the bunnies and the blankets. But it was extremely scary for me to deactivate things that were selling really well. I had a lot of bestsellers that I ended up deactivating and they were not just sitting in my shop stagnant, they were selling every single day. And I deactivated them and took a leap of faith, hoping that the sales from the other products that I was keeping in my shop would pick up enough to make up for deactivating these products that were selling really well. It was very scary. And I don't really know that I believed in deactivating those products that the, the bunnies and the blankets would make up for it. I think that I thought that there was a chance that I was just going to drive my shop into the ground, but that did not happen. And I am extremely thankful for that. And it has allowed me not only to experience in my own life, but also to teach it to you all through the podcast and through my Scale Your Sales course how to build that business that does not have to be so time consuming. And I actually get feedback at times from people who will say like, there's no way that you only work 10 hours a week in your shop or like Lauren says she works 10 hours a week in her shop, but that's total crap. And I'm like, it's, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about that, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be something that consumes your whole life. It can be. It can consume your whole life if you are running it in a way that does that. And I was there for a very long time where I was working 40, 50, 60 hours a week making applique products and doing all this wide variety of things but really learning to run it as a business and do the products that have the highest profit margins and the products that work for my ideal customer and to really run it as this streamlined system that, that just works really well for me has truly allowed me to continue to run both businesses. There's no way that I could have launched the coaching business and the podcast and you know I'm in doing personalized shop critiques in my scale your sales course and all of these things there's no way that I would have been able to do that if I had not streamlined my shop particularly since I no longer have an employee doing my monogramming for me so that has been the number one biggest change in my shop and the absolute most transformative thing to my business that was not true even after 10,000 or 12,000 sales. I don't remember how many sales I had when I made that change to my business, but it was really not that long ago. So um, that, that's been really life-changing for me. The last thing, and this is a bonus one, um, since this was supposed to be five things that I've learned, but uh, this is number six, and it's not as much of a tangible thing but it's something that I really want to throw out there for you and challenge you to, to think of what this means for your own shop and your own business. I want to 
I want you to allow yourself to dream beyond anything that you've ever even imagined for your business. This is something that I've learned and I want to share with you as the listener. Years ago, when my business first started to be profitable and actually making like a chunk of change that was meaningful to my family, my husband was finally kind of getting a little more on board with me doing this and the amount of time that it was taking up in my life and sort of the mental energy that I was dedicating to it. I remember him talking about the future of Funky Monkey and like, you know, in three years, what do you want to see happen? Or in five years, where do you see yourself being? And, and my response was, well, I don't think I'm going to be monogramming burp claws in my basement in five years. And I did not think that I would. I really thought that this was just going to be a temporary thing. I was kind of doing it to kill a little bit of time and give me something outside of my very young children and give me a mental challenge. But there is no way that I ever would have imagined that I would still be doing this nine years later. Nonetheless, with the business that I've built and the capacity to take on the orders that I am doing every month, the coaching and the course that I have with Scale Your Sales, the podcast and the Facebook group and all of that, there is no way that I would have ever envisioned that or ever even said that that was my goal. Honestly, it wasn't on my radar of things that I was doing. And I would not have told you that that, that that was where I was headed or even where I wanted to be headed. But my advice to you is to allow yourself to dream big, but to know that it does not have to happen right this second. Five years ago, if you would have told me like you're going to build this coaching business and, and the podcast and all that, I would have been extremely stressed out about the idea of that. I would not have been able to handle balancing all of those things at one time. Five years ago, none of my kids were in school. They were all like toddler, preschool age. They were too young. My husband was working all the time. He was in the National Guard and on and on. It's all about the seasons of life. And so to allow myself and and you, my advice to you, I guess, is to say like, you know, think about what this could do for you, but also just think about that next right step, that next right move, that next step forward in your business and try not to get so overwhelmed with where it might be two years or three years or five years or 10 years from now and what that might look like for you because the demands that it's putting on your family and also the reward that you're getting back from it changes over time and you're allowed to pivot your business and you're allowed to expand on it and then not expand, you know, pull back again. And it really can. And I think that that's one of the huge beauties of having a shop on Etsy and having an online business is that it really can grow and change as you grow and change and as your season of life does as well. So dream about what it can do, but don't get overwhelmed with that finish line or, you know, once I get where I'm going, because first off, that's a moving target. Once you get where you're going, then where you're going changes and, and goes even farther. But it, it where you want to be going, you know, a year, five years or 10 years from now changes so much as you walk that path that it's hard to even imagine what that could look like. So I hope that this 
episode has been helpful for you and enjoyable for you. Thank you for reflecting back with me on the past nine years of being in business and this 20,000 sales, which is just crazy for me to even think about and, and just kind of, it just kind of blows my mind, honestly. So I am so glad that you tuned in today and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you soon. I will see you next week back here on the podcast. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thank you.